Five, four, three, two, one. This is flashback. Now, here comes the music. Something more befitting a man of your education. Get the situation under control, gentlemen. And now, from an undisclosed location, for good reason, it's the Midlife Crisis Show, starring Elliot Kleiner and Peter Applebaum, recorded live and unscripted, but then carefully edited. Okay, open for the whole show? You want to open for the whole show? I think we just did. Did we just open for the whole show? Oh my God. OMG, welcome to another fabulous and evolved episode of the Midlife Crisis Show. Today's subject is that Pokemon Go is in fact an alien invasion and that the purpose of that is to capture our youth and ruin society. That's right, because one of the issues we have that Elliot and I have is that uh, we have absolutely no idea about Pokemon Go and, or maybe we do. Because I think Elliot has actually done quite a bit of research when it comes to Pokemon Go, as have I. But we still have very little knowledge, which is why we're calling on the the experience and insights from several guests today, which I think will be very illuminating. You've been very kind to me. I know nothing about Pokemon Go. I've done zero research about Pokemon Go. But as with all things on this show, I'm going to speak with great confidence and authority because they say you can walk anywhere as long as you look angry and carry a clipboard. And Elliot, in fact, has an augmented clipboard, and we're going to be talking about everything on that clipboard in this episode. We're not being invaded by Pokemon here in the studio yet, but we have been invaded by teenagers. There are teenagers. Feckless youth, as Pete would call them. Callow, even. This is not the word innocent verbiage (laughs) episode of the Midlife Crisis Show. It is all about Pokemon Go. It is all about the youth of today being abducted by an alien force that has been sent using Pokemon Go. These are the victims. We have brought them here to you first. Ladies and gentlemen, we have brought Daniel and Jonathan. Welcome, guys. Tell us how you came to know about Pokemon Go. Uh, Some person I know uh, actually said, I have the app. And I said, that cannot be correct. This is uh, going to be coming out in maybe a year from now. And then suddenly I get home and do some research. It's out. No, so you, there was no marketing campaign behind it. But you knew this was coming before it came? Oh, yeah. And you assumed it was much further away? Yeah, because it was such a huge... It looked like a really massive project to, to get behind, you know, with the GPS and everything like so, that. So are you guys actually both gamers? Like yeah. uh, full on all the time? I'd say these days I'm more of a casual gamer. Okay. How many hours a week do you think each of you spend on Pokemon Go at this time? I don't know if I want to say... <laughs> Daniel, your mother is not listening. Go ahead. <laughs> Maybe two to three hours a day. That's pathetic. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you if you actually qualify as a gamer. You need what? to spend at least eight hours a day to really qualify to be on the midlife crisis show. <laughs> oh dear. So tell me about your experience with Pokemon Go. I mean, what what is the the rarest one that you've caught yet? Oh, the rarest one that I've caught. I'm not doing very well, to be honest. Uh, John, what did you just catch? Uh, actually, on the way to the studio, I, I caught an Aerodactyl. An Aerodactyl? Yeah. I don't know. Didn't that. that roam the Earth five million years ago? Yeah, in, in the Cross City Tunnel, actually. It's like every time I go through there, I see it, it shows up, and I go, you know, I'm looking for this. 
and I'm wondering where it is, and I can't stop. I'm in the middle of the tunnel. Mm. So today we're driving through the city. It shows up. Guess I was just lucky this one yeah. time. Yeah. Lucky Jonathan, they're now calling him. Mm. Meanwhile, my phone crashed at that exact site. Well, we're happy that Jonathan didn't crash in the Cross City Tunnel. Have you walked out into traffic yet? Actually, yeah, I have. I was just crossing the road. But, Which was, is why we call them feckless youths. That, uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to deny it. I, I'm a little worried about this. I mean, does it make you feel that there's a tug of war going on between your sense of wanting to catch a Pokemon and your sense of danger? Not yet. I mean, trespassing, that, that's nothing new. But in terms of, you know, road safety, it hasn't been too much of a threat. So, Daniel, can I actually explore that? When you say trespassing is nothing new... Does that mean Pokemon Go reinforces your life choices to be a criminal? I would say so. It provides added incentive. Added incentive to be criminal. And context. There was actually a news story this morning about two youths that were caught trespassing on school premises because there was a Pokemon to catch on the school premises late at night and they were climbing fences and jumping walls to get inside a school and they were caught by security. My goodness. I don't know if this is a good thing, but let me ask you this. When you catch a Pokemon, you've got it. Are there points associated with that? Is there money associated with that? What is the benefit? What do you get out of it that makes you want to do this? I think part of it is the sheer collector's joy. You know, that, that is Pokemon. You've got to catch them all. And I think, you know, each new one you get, you get excited. But in addition to that, you do get um, XP, you know, level up your character. You also get Stardust, which can be used to evolve your Pokemon and power them up. Um, yeah, like people will catch the multiple of the same type of Pokemon. Because, you know, once you have more of the same one, then you can kind of, you know, but what feed you, them to the previous ones. What? what really? Yeah, uh, that's so, the gist of it. Yeah. It's, it's pretty all, morbid. It's all intangible. There's nothing... Somebody of my generation might be excited if there were dollar bills out there to catch. And you catch a $1 bill or a $50 bill or a $100 bill and you, you, you run around town catching money. Because then you can do something with that to enhance your life or augment your lifestyle it would be different if it was food, you know, I'll go catch a burger or catch a steak or whatever. But in this case, it's all just sort of stuck in your phone and uh, or, or in your mobile device. What else can you do with it? You just really perpetuate more activities within the game. And that's as much as, as, as far as it goes. Really, I think that's uh, how any digital good works. Exactly. That's the nature of a lot of video games. It's not about, you know, acquiring some real world goal, but rather, you know, pursuing goals within the game and being proud of your achievement as you level up, get new things. One of the recurring themes of, of the Midlife Crisis show is that it is the end of days and your generation will not procreate. Yeah. Please prove me wrong. Do, does this help you to meet chicks? I know chicks is a pretty uh, 1970s oh. type expression. That means females, people uh, of the opposite. There was that. I would, say, I would say so. Okay. I went on a Pokemon Go uh, pub crawl. Right. Met a fair few chicks there. Okay. You know? Real ones or? Oh, yeah, real ones. Virtual ones. Flesh, human. <laughs> You know, right. and, and and what happened? They Did were you? more interested in the Pokemon. Yeah. Okay. And why was that? Because you're not very good at catching Pokemon? No, because Pokemon are very interesting. You As know. opposed to you. I can't compete with Pokemon. I don't know. The ones who were catching Pokemon were, were like gods to them. You were like gods to them or the Pokemon were like gods to them? No, the people that were good at catching Pokemon. Oh, yeah. Okay. Alpha male so, status. So basically, to, to perpetuate the species... You guys need to keep playing Pokemon Go. I think we've just uh, established right there that there is a real-world benefit exactly. from practising. The better you become at catching Pokemon, the greater your chances of getting laid. So it's not a metaphor at all? No. In fact, I think it's a, a conundrum, really. Daniel, don't you think? Especially for you, Daniel, if you're not very good at it at this yeah. point. 
But mm. it gives you a, a real-world goal to strive towards. That's right. So the world and humanity is safe in your hands. Go catch them all, boys. Through dark sunken eyes I see another pale sunrise Surrounded by soldiers Boots and screens Hold back the invaders Their eternal machines We fight to survive Running to stay alive Our bodies aching and tired But there's nowhere to hide Our cover's been blown away If you need a dynamic and effective new website or to communicate with your customers using a variety of digital tools, call Interactive Investor. Household name clients like Westfield Group, Telstra and the Australian World Orchestra trust us to help them with their digital communication needs and you can too. Call us on 02-9252-6696 or just go to www.interactiveinvestor.com .com.au to find out more. Our next guest, we actually read about Nicole in uh, one of the daily papers. She was interviewed uh, and she is the marketing and communications manager for Pancake Parlor in Melbourne. In Melbourne, they have uh, seven restaurants, I believe, Nicole. Uh, we've actually got 12 Melbourne restaurants, but seven of them are poke stops. Are poke stops. And that's exactly why we're speaking to you, Nicole, because you're going to tell us all about the commercial side of this Pokemon Go phenomenon and how it can impact on businesses and how they can attract new customers, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it was a couple of weeks ago um, on the weekend and I had some of our restaurant managers calling me going, Nicole, there's, there's this thing called Pokemon Go and we've got customers in the restaurants that are playing. And it was obviously enough for, actually, for our restaurant managers to, to actually notice that it was a little bit crazy. And we pretty quickly worked out that seven of our Melbourne restaurants were actually poke stops. Myself, not familiar with Pokemon Go, I had to sort of speak to some of our younger team members who were playing the game. And it became really evident from them that, that all these customers were coming in, they were catching up with their friends, they were sitting there, they were catching Pokemon and they were eating pancakes. And it was very much a social thing. So we sort of thought, well, hey, what can we do with Pokemon Go? And I guess rather than sort of go, we'll catch a Pokemon, we'll give you a free drink, we really wanted to have a look at, I guess, a way of actually creating a bit of a, a customer experience for our customers, a, a dining experience where they can actually come in with their friends and play Pokemon. That's fantastic. And can I ask a question, Nicole? When your staff started seeing that the people were doing this and, and using Pokemon Go in your restaurants, had you or the organisation done anything to facilitate that or it just happened organically? No, we were just lucky enough when it was developed that seven of our, 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 our restaurants were actually poked off. But we're very fortunate in, in that regard, I guess. My understanding is that you can actually, if you are a business owner or if you have premises that requires an increase in foot traffic, you can subscribe to Pokemon Go. And I think for as little as a dollar a day, you can have a pokey stop where the, the the gamers will actually put those characters in your premises and, and and increase your foot traffic. Yeah, absolutely. I do believe they're looking at doing that. And there there was a link at one point where you could actually request to be a poke stop or a poke gym. Well, I can see that you you've tapped into the 
And Zeitgeist, you, Elliot. Say it. <laughs> Say it. <laughs> you, you've mentioned the social aspect of it, which we're going to cover off in a bit more detail, but I just want to take uh, one leap back to where you were talking about uh, Stop or Pokey Gym. And I think the yep. gym is an important uh, element that we hadn't covered yet. And I just wanted to explain for our midlife crisis listeners who are not as familiar <laughs> with this game, and this is just me showing off how young and hip and edgy I am. And if you, and if you actually look at our Facebook page later, Nicole, we're actually going to put our middle-aged try-hard footwear, a photo of our try-hard footwear on the on the page. And you'll, Love it. you'll know who the coolest one is because the Chuck Taylors are mine. <laughs> I've got the Chucks, right? But, I, I got um, the skate shoes, uh, Nicole. The pokey, the pokey gym. See, a pokey stop is where ordinary pokey Pokemon characters are uh, congregating. You can jump in and catch them with with your app, and that's all great. Yes. Pokey gym is where you can battle them. Apparently, there's some kind of battle going on where you can actually pose your your particular Pokemon that you've captured against others that others have captured, and have some kind of a battle or a fight or a contest and and then you can win more pokemon or points or whatever that way the idea of the gym is very much about the battles and everyone has to be part of a team so you're on the blue red or yellow team and and you take over the the gym one of the things that pancake parlor is looking at doing next is really playing on that team element and we're actually looking at a, a competition we're launching on monday where teams pokemon teams can actually take over the pancake parlor so we're, we're introducing a bit of a, um, a hashtag battle. So basically the team with the most hashtags, relevant pancake parlour, every week oh, that team that's got the most hashtags can actually take over the pancake parlour and that team is actually going to get free short stacks for the week. So follow our Facebook page because we're about to announce that on Monday. So there's an exclusive for all your wow. listeners there. Yeah. And, and a short Absolutely. stack, let me explain to our listeners what a short stack is, right? Because this is really important. Good marketing <laughs> for, here. Well, forget, it, forget a hashtag battle. It's all about short if stacks. You don't, if you don't know what a short stack is, it's two beautiful, fluffy buttermilk pancakes with a choice of cream or ice cream and topped with our famous maple-flavoured syrup. Did, so I me- did I mention that Nicole works at Pancake Parlour? <laughs> did you forget to mention that at the start? <laughs> <laughs> I always Absolutely. go the butter. You get the choice of the cream or the ice cream or the butter. Well, I always go the whipped butter. Well, you can have the whipped butter as well. Oh, Absolutely. The whipped butter is by yeah. far the best. <laughs> Do you listeners know what lures are yet? What, what is a lure? You're going to tell us all I- about it, Nicole. Beautiful. So basically, for those of you aren't, that aren't familiar with the game, when deployed um, at any poke stop, you let off a lure module. And this can be seen on the Pokemon map. There's a shower of pink petals around the stop and everyone can sort of see it. So it actually um, attracts more Pokemon to that poke stop. And any player at that poke stop has the ability to actually catch more Pokemon. So it's a great item to use with friends because everyone in the group can benefit. Pokemon, pancakes, it can't get any better than that, guys. We love the alliteration, Nicole. Love the alliteration. So you know what you're doing, Nicole? Actually, What's cre- that? You're creating a marketing case study. That's wow, pretty, that's pretty exciting. Pretty exciting. You are riding the wave on a river of maple syrup. (laughs) Well, that's exactly right. And where's it going to go from here, you know? I suspect, Nicole, people like you are going to be the ones that are going to decide commercially at least where the game is going to be taken in Australia, which I think is incredibly exciting for you. It is. Well, I fully expect in five years' time you'll be the communications minister, so we won't have any problems <laughs> with having clear communication and fun. I look forward fun. to you interviewing me there. Well, don't forget <laughs> the little people, Nicole. No, not at all. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, get your butts and your Pokemons down to the Pancake Parlour in Melbourne at any one of their 12 
or seven seven poker stop locations. Seven poker stop to catch, to gym, to battle, to eat short stacks. And uh, Nicole, we thank you for joining us today. It's a pleasure, and to all you Pokemon trainers out there, good luck catching them all. Thank you, Nicole. Need to create a digital marketing program? Like send out emails to prospects, create content for social media, or even develop a mobile app? You need Tick Yes. Email us at info at tickyes.com or go to our website at www.tickyes.com to see what we've done for other clients. Maybe we can help you to achieve the same sorts of results. That's tickyes.com. We have a special guest, and we do this because we need credibility. And uh, in order to create the uh, essence of credibility, we bring people in who are actually credible, more credible than us. In fact, this guest is incredible. He's incredible. He's credible. He's all things gaming. And we're we're not talking about eating type gaming. No. Oi. (laughs) (laughs) Oi. I've got to leave that one in. Dad jokes the next week. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Gavin Conway, who is code speaker extraordinaire. It's a language. It's something that you and I can't speak, but he does it. He speaks through his fingers. He understands all of that computery stuff that goes on underneath the mouse, behind the keyboard, that makes stuff happen. And he made stuff happen for another immeasurably successful gaming phenomenon. Good morning. Hi, guys. Welcome. Thanks for having me. G'day, Gavin. It seems that every week we need to have at least one guest that is intimidating. And Gavin, you're it. So welcome. Well, thank you very much. You were working recently overseas, and that's what happens when you're a great code speaker. People pay you to travel to places where there's work. You were working on Angry Birds. Now, from my memory, it was it started as something like a like a cartoon, or it, was it a game first? I, I can't remember. Uh, Rovio as a company uh, were trying to sort of um, make a game that was a hit until they came up with Angry Birds being shot at pigs. Angry Birds being shot at pigs. That's right, through a slingshot, which Who? makes total sense. I was going to say, uh, can you explain a little bit about the drugs that were necessary? <laughs> <laughs> okay, a lot no, of saunas no. in Finland. <laughs> it's all happening in Finland. So it was in Finland. Is that the headquarters of Angry Birds is Finland? Just so happened that the guys who came up with the idea were Finnish and they lived in Finland. Did, so did I, they finish? That's, that your, dad, that's, that's bad, your dad joke and that has to stay in as well. One all. People don't realise how much goes into the creation, the marketing and the release of these things behind the scenes. I mean, there's millions and millions of dollars in concept research before you even start writing code. Then you've got the teams and teams of people who develop the games and the graphics and all the audio and all the things that go into making the game. And then you've got this enormous testing procedure that must carry on. Then you've got to have a marketing and a a sort of a human interface testing that has to deliver results before you release a game. And then there's got to be decisions made probably earlier on about how the profits are going to be realised, whether it's selling the game or whether it's selling some kind of space advertising or whatever peripheral to the game. How does it work in the gaming industry in general about how these sorts of things are developed and then monetized? I think it varies a lot depending on the type of game that's being built. So, yes, some are huge budget productions, like as big as movies. Um, And they expect to actually, uh, they're typically your console games, you know, your um, uh, Call of Duty and things like that, where they're expecting a massive uptake. 
the people are paying, you know, um, around seventy to a hundred dollars for the game itself, uh, and they're expecting, you know, millions and millions of people to take it up. If you take the mobile games, it's the budgets are usually much smaller, at least to start with, right? They get an iteration going, they get a build, they do some testing, and then they get it out within sometimes six months, less than a year. Once they've got it out there, then the game evolves. So once again, there's a cycle of sort of uh, seeing how people play the game, and then they improve the game, they tweak the game to sort of, you know, get the best experience for the player. In preparation for today's appearance on our highly respected and widely rating program, uh, at least in this room, uh, and this is directed uh, at our listener. <laughs> <laughs> I know that you actually spent a little bit of time on Pokemon Go to uh, to learn a little bit about that game and what it's made up of. The thing that I'm most interested in, in terms of your perspective, is that you're going to look at it from not only a user's point of view because you've walked around and played the game, but also you must have been thinking what technical aspects of the game are being invoked while you're playing it. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I, I definitely did, uh, I, I played the game. So what I found is, I, I guess, uh, let's start with what impresses me. So firstly, it got me uh, out of the house. It got me walking around my block looking for Pokemon. I didn't really want to do that. I wanted to just find them. But, you know, I didn't have a choice. If I wanted to play the game, I had to move. And this was actually uh, a lot tougher in many ways than other games that I played because, you know, it forces me to exercise. So I, that's a positive. Another positive was that this idea of augmented reality, I'm like, I see the Pokemon there on the grass on, in my backyard. And uh, it really feels like I, I have this sort of now association. Oh, that's where I caught that Pokemon, over there in that corner of my yard. Even though I don't have the phone in my hand anymore, I have this feeling, I have this association. So that's a couple of positive things. I'll talk about a couple of the sort of odd things I noticed. Um, I was walking along by the side of the road and my phone indicated there might be a Pokemon just to the right of me. So I tap it, out it pops, I see the camera there and it's right there, a few meters in front of me, which actually happens to be right in, on the middle of a busy road. So my temptation first is to, while looking at my phone, to actually go and get it and not actually think twice. But uh, fortunately, I had the good sense to go, hang on a second, cars are whizzing past me. I don't know why they didn't run the Pokemon over. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> I had to then catch the Pokemon uh, in a safe way. I managed to do it, but it's only... I managed to do it while still living. It's only because I didn't actually uh, take my first instinct to run onto the road. Yeah, and that um, th this is something that I also wanted to cover off because the very, very moment that I saw this game come out, and it, I've got to confess it was on a news report, uh, the first thing that I said is, you watch, kids are going to be running out in traffic uh, looking at their mobile phones because this melding of reality and fantasy it's going to blur the line between safety and achievement well it's intoxicating as well when you think about it as you say gavin it's like there's a pokemon i want to catch it the fact that it's in a it's on a busy main road it's blurring my reality my reality is i want the pokemon i would actually be interested to know if there have been any, anyone has been actually been killed I'm sure they've been injured, but has anyone been killed chasing Pokemon? Well, there's the been incidents. Yeah, there's definitely been incidents where the police have pulled over P-Play drivers wow. who were driving around on the wrong side of the road and not indicating, taking corners and going, doing all sorts of weird traffic stuff in the quest for picking up Pokemon in their cars as they're going. So we have a whole generation of parents who are parenting using the mobile device as an entertainment tool to control children. This is almost another show to do, uh, just about the, the fact that kids don't read anything anymore. They don't look at picture books or storybooks because they've got Kindles and tablets and, and other things to amuse them. Well, we've all seen kids like that in restaurants where their parents have given them a, the tablet and it's like they're just completely transfixed. Exactly. And I wonder whether 
you know, you hand your mobile phone to a five-year-old uh, while you're at a cafe and say, go play Pokemon without knowing the full extent of what the game is about. And the next thing you know, your kid's under a truck. There's got to be some cons to this. Do companies who develop these sorts of things take into their assessment criteria the negative that they've got to try and avoid in the publicity? I think absolutely. I mean, the last thing you want uh, for Pokemon Go is to have, you know, dead kids who are playing your yeah. game. I mean, that's, that's a publicity nightmare, if I'm not mistaken. Of course. Now, do they take it so seriously that they put technical safeguards into that? We haven't seen that yet with Pokemon Go. Look, it's pretty tough, I think, with the technology that's actually in the device, in your mobile phone, to be able to sort of do that. I mean, the GPS is not so accurate. You know, the camera with the augmented reality, it's pretty clumsy stuff. So being able to discern what's on a road and what's not is probably beyond the capabilities of a lot of feasible software that's going to be running on your device. Because it's early days. This technology is early days. You know, it's, it's a bit of a runaway train before we've perfected it. But at the moment, we're kind of bound by GPS technology. And I think, it's, is it Google Maps that they've combined this with? Yeah, not that that's important. But I think, you know, in the short term, there's going to be an element of danger. Look, inevitably, someone will die. I guarantee you, someone will die soon because this game is hot People are following, are not concentrating. And as, as you say, there have already been police incidents. Someone will die. And that will change the whole context of how this game is viewed and hopefully used. It won't be me. No. <laughs> and nor I, because when we started talking about Pokemon Go, I said, huh? Uh, what? Pokemon, what? <laughs> That's right. So, Gavin, I really appreciate that you're here to give us some insight in this. Why don't you hang around and uh, you can interject when we talk to other people? Because and, this and you can ask intelligent questions as opposed to Elliot and myself. <laughs> I'll give it my best shot. Stands like a statue, becomes part of the machine. Feeling all the bumpers, always playing clean. Plays by intuition, the digit counters fall. Everyone loves balloons. Did you know that balloons are also one of the most successful ways to market your business or organisation? Be noticed. Call Quick Print Balloons to have your own logo professionally printed on the finest quality balloons. We ship all over the country. Check out quickprintballoons.com.au. And we are talking to Tom, who is a devotee of the Pokemon phenomenon. Now, Tom, as I understand, is from a generation who is what I would consider to be a little bit older than the what I would think was the target demographic for the current Pokemon Go game. But he's grown up with Pokemon as the cartoon series. So, Tom, tell me a little bit about how it's relatable in terms of the cartoons that you grew up with compared to the game that you're playing now. Well, the difference is that it all started with the first TV series back in 97, and it's a series that's got 80 episodes in it, so it actually expanded over three years. So we all grew up watching that every morning for school on Cheese TV, if anybody remembers that good old TV show for kids. So we would watch it, and we fell in love with it, and I think Nintendo saw how big of a market there was, so they started releasing games to match 
the series that they were putting on television. So the games came out earlier. I mean, this is not the first time we've had a Pokemon game. No, but the difference is that when the games came out, they were on handheld consoles like Game Boy and Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance, and then later like DS and DS Lite and, and whatnot. So when you were playing on the games, it was like you were in your own little world of Pokemon. Like you, you couldn't really interact with anybody else. It was like a really like sole sort of environment and gaming platform. These days with this new Pokemon Go app, it's a lot more interactive with different people, which is what it's more like if you were to enter the actual Pokemon world. So it's a lot more fun for people to actually like go out and like do things and like physically be a part of it than just sitting at home in their dark little room on a little console. So Tom, with the the first round of the first iteration of the Pokemon games on the consoles, as you said, how huge was it compared to how, how big Pokemon Go is now? I think it was huge for the for its time back then. It was like everybody my age that were playing Pokemon on like Game Boy and Game Boy Color. And everybody was like, oh, like what Game Boy Color Pokemon game do you have? Like I've got yellow, I've got silver, all that sort of stuff. So it was, there was only a small demographic of probably kids age 8 to like maybe 15 to 18 or such. Compared to these days where Pokemon's been going for the last 20 years, so... There's 20 and years people have of, grown up of, with it. That's the point. Yeah, 20 years of people growing up with it and like knowing about it. So now there's a huge demographic of, of kids that would probably be starting at the same age of about eight. But um, the older people who love it as well to like 30. So that's like a much bigger demographic, like twice the size of people who are like much more keen to play this game these days. Like, let me ask you something. How many hours do you reckon in the last week you've spent playing Pokemon Go? Oh, that's a tough question. I've probably play at least three to four a day. Wow. Three to four game. hours a day? Who needs sleep? Yeah. And that's out, so out and about in the world. Yeah, that's out and about walking around in the world. Are your friends the and same time? That's just me. There are people who are much more into it than I am. Right. So <laughs> there are people who are probably like a studying or like don't really do all that much with themselves and they're just literally like walking around playing all day long, all night long as well. Let me ask you this then. I mean, seven times, call it conservatively, three hours is, is, you know, more than 20 hours in the last week that you've played this game. What would you have been doing otherwise with that time? A personal question, but they're the sorts of questions we ask, Tom. Probably would have just been sitting around watching TV, not doing all that much else. In that case, I would say that this is probably more a positive thing because we're going to probe the positives and the negative. So getting off your butt and getting out there in the world and being social with other people walking around, getting some exercise, these are the pros that 20 hours a week or more would have replaced you sitting on your duff in front of the television producing nothing. Yeah, exactly. And how long do you reckon you'll continue with this? I'm not too sure. I personally get quite bored with games after a, a few weeks. I'm not at that stage yet, so um, I'm still going to be playing for a little bit longer, but it also just depends. I might get busy with other stuff and forget about it. What is the rarest Pokemon that you've caught on this game so far? I've evolved one that was good, but like I didn't catch it. The one that I've caught. I, um, I only want to know what you caught. I don't want to hear about the one that got away. <laughs> have you got a Squirtle? I do have a Squirtle. Do you have a Bulbasaur? I have a couple of Bulbasaurs. Have you encountered and caught a Pikachu? Um, I did. I caught a Pikachu on one of my very first days, but I haven't seen one since. The fact that Elliot knows all these names, I think negates 
any chance of him qualifying for the midlife crisis show. You are way too young, Elliot, to know all these things. Have you caught a Charizard? No, I haven't actually seen a Charizard. The the more evolved forms of Pokemon are the very rare ones to see out in the wild. They're the ones that people more evolve the younger ones into. Okay. So you can evolve a Charmander into a Charmeleon and then... From that, you can evolve it into a Charizard. Hang on a I minute. I didn't realise you can actually produce hybrid Pokemon that become even rarer and are worth more points. Is that how it works? No, no, no. It's it's, it's just that, like, it's kind of just think of it as, as maturity. It's kind of like when you hear about, like, Squirtle, Bulbasaur, or Charmander, they're, like, the kid's version. Um, and then they have, like, what they call an evolved form. Call that, like, teenagehood or puberty. How, how, um, do, they, how then, do they become evolved? Like, they don't... We're, we're not seeing... Pokemon having sex and producing offspring or anything? No, 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 no. <laughs> um, so the way that it works in like the show and the game is that they've got to battle each other and then they get like experience and then through experience and confidence they like evolve into their next form. So if they just like hang around and don't do much then they won't evolve but if you use them and battle them more then they will. It reflects life basically. Kind of. Sounds very much like the, the life that we're leading. Indeed. If we sit around we're, we're and do nothing to. we're not going to evolve. But That's if we right. get off our duffs and we run around and do stuff we can evolve into greater more powerful beings. Tom, thanks for joining us today. It's been a great shedding of light on the big mystery that is Pokemon. That's all right. Thanks for having me. Go catch a Pikachu. Thanks, Tom. So, Gavin, I'm still in a bit of a quandary about how these things make money eventually. But I know that there's a, a huge psychological element involved in the commercial aspects of gaming. Yeah, sure. So, uh, like, if you look at the games uh, like Pokemon Go and thousands and thousands of other games available in the App Store and the Google Play Store, they're free, free to download. I mean, the, the term coined is free to play. So you download the game and off you go. The uh, irony uh, in that is a lot of people sort of uh, come up with the phrase free to pay because what that means is, yeah, sure, you're free to download, you start playing the game, you invest your time. Before long, a certain percentage end up spending some cash. That's sort of like, hey, we've developed a new accounting software and uh, you can download for a 30-day free trial and if you like it, then if you want to go further, you've got to pay the bucks. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly like that. However, it's a little bit more subtle because instead of actually just coming out and saying, hey, guys, if you like the game, you need to buy it to progress, what they do is they use certain tricks. So like basically slowing your progress in the game, perhaps gradually, perhaps suddenly, and that you can still progress in the game, but a lot slower than you could before. So if we, you know, we're talking about people who invest two, three, four hours a day in the game. Over a period of a few weeks, they've invested a lot of time, a lot of effort into this. No money, but a lot of your time. And as we know, time is money. And so if that player wants to actually continue in any sort of fun way, they kind of need to spend some money to move their progress forward. Now, you can still, gr what they call grind, where you play the game and you progress really slowly and you can eventually get to where you want to be. But a lot of people are going to say, well, look, I can do that or I can spend a couple of dollars and actually, you know, get there a lot quicker. Are we talking about spending dollars where you, you, you subscribe, you, you put in credit card details or whatever, and the game gives you tools that you can then use to advance yourself? Yeah, so a lot of games have something called a virtual currency, and uh, Google and Apple have this um, 
facility called in-app purchases where you know they already have your credit card details so with that you put in your password and then you acknowledge that you're going to give this game some money and then the game in returns give you this virtual currency and that virtual currency is what you spend in the game there's actually a, another way that i've found which is quite ingenious i, I play a game called quiz up and it was free and there weren't any ads until recently and they became overrun with ads and it took a long time to actually work through the ads to actually play the game it was so frustrating unless you paid $4.95 for a lifetime of being ad-free. <laughs> yeah, so that's another, that's right. So by that time, you've invested a lot of time, right? And I happily paid that money, and I'm happy I did because I love playing it, and now I don't have to worry about ads. Yeah, so I think with free-to-play, there's a lot of happy customers out there. I think from my perspective, uh, personally, after playing those games, I found it a little bit frustrating that I've got so far, and yet now they put the pain on trying to actually, you know, get some cash out of you. Do you feel, I mean, I know I would because I'm a very cynical user of these sorts of things. And I, I've got to confess, I don't play these online games at all. But I feel almost like I'm being covertly ripped off or set up for a rip off if I'm going to be extorted, for want of a better term, to pay money in order to calm down a barrage of things that are undesirable. And there's also the question of whether it's ethical, fair or reasonable for companies to get the double bite of the cherry. Like you, you, they get the money from the advertisers to put the ads up in front of the free players, but then they get the money from the players who don't want to see the advertising. So they're getting paid if they have the advertising. They get paid if they don't have the advertising. I think you're being oversensitive there. I think it's called free enterprise. I think it's a big conspiracy to upset me. Well, look, I think let's stick to this topic at hand, and that is when are the aliens actually going to abduct our young who are playing Pokemon Go? I think it's already happened. <laughs> That's right. I think the governments, as always, it's a go conspiracy. are going to be too slow in responding That's to right. this crisis. Exactly, exactly. So, ladies and gentlemen, there are aliens among us, and they're on your children's phones. That's a great way to wrap up the show. And we must point to next week's show, which is all about reality TV. Why is reality TV so often mistaken for reality? That's right. There are so many things in so many directions we can talk about next week. And I'll be uh, welcoming our special guests, the Kardashians. Lisa and Susan Kardashian. <laughs> well, I, actually, what I can do is I can promise you, I can promise you at least one of the Hilton sisters. It's about time. On next week's show. Thanks for joining us on the Midlife Crisis Show, and goodbye.